Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast with Kali Adams. I'm your host, Kali Adams. I hope you are doing well. I hope you're doing right by yourself. I hope everybody is good in your world. Everybody is doing well. Hope you're all safe. Hope you're all doing the things you need to be doing. Washing your hands, washing your butt, making sure that you are safe out in this COVID world that we are living in. I am so excited to be back. Uh, we took a little bit of a small mini break. We were back last week rocking, making it happen. Uh, but it's been busy. It's been an amazingly busy week. Uh, to say the least, in, in terms of game news, in terms of conversation, <laughs> Christian Spicer in the chat talking about it was a slow news week. It was so slow. There was nothing happening this week, nothing going on at all. But thank you so much for being here this week and every week. Uh, it is a pleasure to be rocking with you here. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, you missed a banger of a show. So please, please, please go check out episode four. Oh, three of the Spawn on Me podcast. We're here at 404, but there are no errors on this show. No errors at all when in, in, in Land of Chicago. That's not the way it happens here up in this piece. Um, first of all, uh, again, I am. Thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. Uh, I, I turned 43 uh, this week uh, on the 24th of August. Made the big four three. Very, very happy. Uh, very, very excited to be still here, rocking, kicking it, making things go down in the way that they need to, even though I do look like an extra right now. If you're looking at the Twitch version of our show, uh, an, an extra from the set of Above the Rim, uh, look like I'm about to definitely pull out the gat on somebody uh, <laughs> with my Knicks jersey on in the fullest way. This is not the best soundtrack on, on the planet, as some people would tell you. Uh, again, thank you everybody in the chat for the birthday love. Thank you everybody on the internet for the birthday love. If you want to really give me some birthday love, I got my PayPal account. No, I'm just playing. Um, work. But it was a fantastic week. I, you know, I got a chance to to rock with people. I got a chance to hang out with, with some good folks. Uh, my wife is an amazing human being uh, who, who, who continuously... Uh, lifts me up and 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 makes all of this worth it and, and makes all of this really dope. Uh, you know, we've been talking. We were supposed to be on vacation this week, uh, heading out to Hawaii, but we are not going to go uh, because of COVID and all the things that are there. So please wear your masks. Please get vaccinated. Please go do all that work uh, to make sure you are keeping yourself and everybody around you safe um, in the world around you. So again. Please make sure you're doing that. It is extremely important uh, that we that we find a way out of the pandemic in a real way. Uh, if I see you and you're part of Chicago and you don't have a mask on, I'm kicking you out of Chicago. That's that's just that's just the way it winds up happening. Like the, I know it's not a real place. I know it's a virtual made up place that a podcast is connected to. But you are no longer allowed to be a Chicago resident if you are not vaccinated at this point in the game. I'm kicking you out. You got to go. You got to find somewhere else to be. You can maybe hit one of them Joe Rogan podcasts and go chill over there. You can't be in here with spawning me in Chicago because you didn't get that shot in your arm. Sorry. I'm making the rules as we go. I'm flying this plane while we're building it. That's the way it works. I don't care. Anyway, I'm very, very happy. Uh, because we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. It is, it is a wild week of content. It is a wild week of just conversation. Um, 
We've had multiple mini directs, mini uh, conversations uh, around video games this week. We had the amazing uh, Gamescom uh, 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 presser. I guess that's what you want to call it. Gamescom showcase from, from the folks over at Xbox hosted by uh, Paris Lilly and Kate Yeager, who did a freaking fantastic job again. And then Paris the next night did doing work over uh, on IGN with the uh, with the Gamescom uh, coverage over there. I, I, I say this all the time um, that, you know, me and Paris, we have our faux beef in, in the world, but it, but seriously, um, I look up to this man. I think he's a brilliant human being. I think it is. It, it brings me nothing but infinite joy to see him succeeding out here. Uh, it brings me nothing but infinite joy to see him shining out here. He was he was kind enough to rock a Bracago shirt on the IGN um, coverage the other night, and that 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 did my heart some good. That that's one of those things of like when you think about how you uplift your people uh, and how you how you bring them along with with, with you on the ride to success. Small, small gestures like that do a, do a, a really, really uh, a big thing. You know, no one might have known what, that was a Swan on Me shirt, but I knew. Uh, and that that means a lot to, to be able to have that in the world. Um, so uh, TDH is asking, are there Bracago masks and Bracago Cheddar Biscuits masks? We, I have Swan on Me masks. They're not great. Uh, but that might be a thing. I, I may revisit that, especially now. Uh, as, as a part of where we're at and how we're never going to get out of this content pandemic. Um, but uh, I want to give Paris massive love. I want to give Kate a, a bunch of love. I think they did a fantastic job during the showcase. There wasn't a lot of stuff um, in the showcase, that particular showcase that I feel like it was between them and um, opening night live that Jeff Keighley did. Um, there was a bunch of conversations within both of them. I think that the main pull away from uh, the Xbox one, was uh there was no mention of halo's date which i think uh was interesting and something that we didn't expect to happen had an expectation that that was going to be a thing um excuse me uh, i almost burped on air <laughs> but we had you know a lot of different cool small things that came into the conversation that i think were actually really really dope and interesting so um you know the games that i were was really excited about was and, and folks in the chat are sharing out things that they really liked like get cloud gaming on console uh christian spicer shares uh a, a thought about midnight uh fight uh midnight fight express i didn't see that and sifu sifu i mean well look sifu is one of the games that is like one of my most anticipated games now that psychonauts is there and Deathloop is is in the mix and i'm playing Deathloop. um sifu is that next game right now that i'm just like whatever you can do to get that thing in my hands please do so i'm dying to play that as soon as possible shout out to the folks over Devo uh, devolver you know i love you hook me up make, make it happen um because i'd love to bring them onto the team because i loved absolver absolver was a fantastic game that nobody played because we were fronting on it um but there are a lot of there were a lot of really cool uh, announcements. So Saints Row, uh, which was uh, uh, thought to be dead in the water, uh, is now getting a a not a remake. It's a it's a sequel. It's a proper sequel. I would I would say at this point, it is a reboot of the of the series uh, in a bigger way. They talked about not wanting it to kind of be super super um, you know realistic in the way that games are kind of moving. You know the thing that they've done the best in terms of 
that game has been how you break that game down into its kind of smallest bits. And I think what they've always kind of done really well has been they just added so much good energy around culture and music and and really, you know, really diving deep into that layer of what makes that game super fun. So I I, I am super excited to be able to get, uh, uh, you know, that game back into the mix, which is not going to be that long uh, from now. There is a, a thing we did learn about you know, uh, the conversations around games in the next couple of months is that everything dope is going to be dropping in February. <laughs> everything on the planet that is going to be fire is dropping in February. It is going to be wild how, you know, the conversation was around next gen was how are we going to figure out ways to get everybody into the funnel before the end of 2021 horizon is moving horizon forbidden West is moving uh you know so many other games are moving now into next year february right now is going to be the 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 bane of every reviewer's existence for a while february 2022 is going to be a wild wild time for sure um so that's going to be cool to see that that's going to be a part of the conversation in a bigger way um some things that were really fun to kind of check out within the Within the Xbox showcase, they showed a little bit of a, a kind of a cinematic trailer for Halo. Um, really cool to see that them focus on the commander, uh, which was dope because, you know, it's you, you rarely see black women in positions of power, especially in positions of power in a military setting. Uh, so having them kind of drill down a little bit on that story uh, as a part of the way they're moving that uh, potential uh, part of the campaign or at least the, the multiplayer layer when you're going to be in the academy. Uh, uh, forward is extremely cool to see. Um, I don't know if multiplayer had lore before. I think it was always interwoven between um, the the kind of main campaign stuff. And then um, those things kind of funneled themselves back in. But now we finally have a, a, a date that got shared on, on opening night live, which is December 8th, 2021. So super excited to see that be a thing. Uh, Far Cry 6 also got some more love into the conversation as well. Um, I'll say that there's some things that are coming from Far Cry 6 in the next couple of days from a Spawn on Me perspective that you may want to see and keep your ears out for and eyes out for. Uh, may or may not have uh, particularly seen some stuff or played some stuff um, in that vein. Uh, so, you know, make sure you're keeping keeping a tab on that. Uh, Death Stranding got some more information about uh, that game's director's cut, which, again, like as a huge fan of that game, as a big fan of that game, I, 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 I'm kind of not excited by what this thing is going to wind up being. Yes, it's going to look prettier. Yes, it's going to be bigger. But the cool thing about Death Stranding was the fact that you were in this desolate place and it was hard to get to everything. I know people didn't like that particular aspect of it. But that was kind of the cool part about it was trying to figure out ways to crawl up these mountains, shift your weight, find all those all those little points where you'd be able to kind of jump on stuff. And now you got a freaking jetpack. What the hell? Like you got a jetpack like th that changes the whole dynamics of this game in a way that I don't know if that's what they were going for. Like this definitely feels like the like things that were on the cutting room floor that are now a part of what this game is going to wind up being like, I like the cannon launcher for stuff. I like that whole thing. 
uh Lev Lefster in the chat is like the the, the jetpack is to go down yeah but like you had to crawl down and climb down like that I like that was a I like the fact that it was like that prior like there were ways that you had to traverse the landscape in a way that you had to to figure that stuff out they've added racing to it they've added this this uh the bot that was there before that didn't really work well um so and you're able to kind of use the um uh, you can redo the boss battles, which I think is probably the best part of, um, of of Death Stranding. To be fair, like I think that the the boss battles were the 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 main thing that made that game fantastic. Besides the traversal of the of the of the desolate parts of the world and all those kinds of parts and the vibe of the music that uh, that went along with it and Sam Reedus, uh peeing and pooping, like it, it, those those were like the main things that made that made that thing great. Uh, so it was it was cool to be able to see all of that uh be kind of realized again within the conversation so uh you know uh, death stranding is going to come back uh we're, we're seeing more of it and i'm like okay cool i'm also a little bit worried about the um the gunplay parts i think they've they, it looks like they're trying to add more of a emphasis on the um guns that you shoot in that game in a weird way that really just makes me say again, like this is cool. I'm excited to see how pretty this is going to look on console, but like I would have much rather this, all that gunplay, all those cool gadgets, all that cool stuff be added to a potential metal gear game or something in, of that ilk. I, I think that that is the thing that everybody wants his new engine to be able to to, to realize in a, in a bigger way. Like that's the thing that everybody who's really paying attention actually wants like please make that thing uh because that's what everybody cares about um i think that was pretty cool and interesting i think that there are some other games within that space midnight sun uh which i am really hyped for uh from the folks from Firaxis and 2k uh the folks who made xcom there it looked like they are delving into the space of the Marvel universe uh, with them doing a potential XCOM game using Marvel characters, which I I am hyped for that idea. It is going to be really curious on how they deal with death in those games, uh, because if you're not familiar with XCOM games, they're tactical strategy games in which your characters usually will die. And if there's permadeath in that, I I want to know who got the call at Marvel to say, hey, you know, I mean, characters. Well, look, characters in 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 the Marvel universe have died, so I think that that's that's a reasonable thing to to kind of convey. I know some IPs are are, are very much attuned to the fact that they're like, don't ever harm our characters in a big way. Don't don't ever do like permanent damage to them. Don't you can't kill them off in that way. Uh, it will be cool to see that they somebody had to have greenlit the fact that people can die in this. Um, and I think that that actually makes this what makes this particular project cool is the fact that you will now have characters like Ghost Rider and Wolverine and Blade and 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 and, and Iron Man like have the ability to actually be on your team and die. Uh, so you know. That's the way it's going to wind up working when you got to have that crew in there as you're, as you're chanting to the moon, you know, hopefully moon Knight won't die in there and we'll see how it all goes. Uh, and I think that'll be, that'll be cool. So uh, in the chat, they said no permadeath, 
Boo. I mean, look, I, I think I think that's not that takes away a huge part of what the potential of that title can be. If you're thinking about the like ways you're careful and ways you are building up those characters. So I think that hearing that there potentially is no permadeath in that makes me a little bit sad. I I, I kind of don't like that part. Um, we also got to see a little bit more of Splitgate, which I think is the weird indie game of the of the season that I think a lot of people are are, are digging. I love Splitgate. Splitgate is fantastic. It is one of those games that you did not expect to be as good as it as it is, and it is pretty damn great. Um, I've been wanting to play more of it with more folks, um, and now that season zero is now out, um, it'll be extremely cool to see where they land with that because you know as a as a halo facsimile game it is much better than than people expected and and probably much better than than it should be uh i was watching golden boy play last night uh on his stream and he was getting he was getting worked but he was giving people the business too so it was cool to be able to see him 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 doing it because I, I love to see people playing more of that um of course they had to throw a lego game in there because legos are a thing and people care about legos and that's great uh, so that was also pretty interesting and cool to see them do that work. And that was, that was fun as well. Um, so yeah, I think that there is a really interesting space right now for where we see a lot of the games that were talked about during opening night live in the Xbox showcase, um, kind of coming to, to where we're going to land for the future of those games again, Wednesday, again, February is going to be a stacked, stacked, stacked month. Uh, it is going to be very, very busy with stuff in it. Uh, and, and that is going to be really cool. They had some Forza horizon five stuff in it. They showed uh psychonauts two, which is, which is launching. And we're going to be talking about, you know, after the break, a review of that game, which was one of the best experiences I've had this year. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know Xbox set expectations in a reasonable way. I had a lot of people in my in my mentions talking about why do you say it was great, and I was like because I have reasonable expectations for what they were supposed to do. I think that was the thing that made it made it cool uh, in the way that it was supposed to. The other thing that they showed that I forgot to show you, and the thing that I actually was the most excited about during the whole show was the Halo themed Xbox Series X which my god this console looks dope my goodness this console looks fire my god it looks so good the new elite controller that they have with this thing the way they laid this out it looks like a pope a a, a, a pope xbox pope uh pope art jam uh and as soon as they said this thing was up for pre-order the internet broke and it was amazing because Paris didn't get one and I, and I got one and he didn't get one. So it was great because I got my pre-order. He didn't because he don't deserve it because he's a bad human being who hosts stuff and it's awesome, but he can't cook and you don't get pre-ordered stuff if you can't make good food. So that's what you get. Ha 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 ha. Yes. I win. You lose. Yes. Anyway, it is a beautiful console. I'm dying to get it. Um, I, I'm like definitely, definitely checking that thing out, uh, when it comes through, uh, while I have the S over there in the corner or hanging out and the really big Xbox series X, 
uh, over there. The, the one that is the size of a small child. Uh, so I'm excited to check it out. It makes all the halo noises when you start it up. That's pretty cool and dope. And I, and I am, I am hyped about that for show. Uh, the other thing that came up this week that I think was pretty interesting um, and and dug into a really weird space. So I woke up this morning and uh, wiped the coal out my eye uh, and got on Twitter and saw this commotion around this Fortnite thing. And I see... Uh, you know, I see this interesting picture on, on Fortnite. What's up, Gary? Wood? I see you in the chat, fam. Um, and it's a picture of Martin Luther King and Fortnite is the, is the account that's talking about it talking about, Hey, go check out this thing that we did with time and, and, um, <laughs> and Fortnite and the Martin Luther King foundation. I mean, the state. And I did, and I and I saw all because uh, again, like Twitter is one of the the most unreasonable places in the world because Twitter is a place where everybody gets pre mad about shit, then then talks about how they won't consume it, then they go consume it, and then they never they never say anything about not the thing not being as bad as as they thought it might have been. <laughs> it's it's like the it's like the four stages of Twitter It's like talk shit, don't be don't be informed. Uh, go, go, go make a whole bunch of noise and then, you know, fall back about the thing that you didn't really need to be that mad about. Um, so people were in their feelings today and it was, people got mad and and got upset. And I looked at it because I was lucky enough to, to, um, to have been in a conversation earlier this year with, um, uh, with the vice president and, and, uh, Dr. Fauci uh, earlier this year uh, around a conversation about, um, you know, how are folks going to be helpful in terms of sharing information around uh, COVID and, and, and getting vaccinated and doing all that kind of work. Um, it was a great, it was a great conversation. It was super cool to be in the room uh, to be able to have that thing. So I kind of understand the idea around, you know, uh, and there was there was another layer to that where people were talking about the possibility of using other gaming platforms to be able to do some work where um, you could do these kind of metaverse conversations about re- about really important things, but do it through game spaces. Right. Um, it was really interesting. And that's the reason why I didn't get so mad about this whole thing, because I one, I, I know a lot of the folks from Fortnite get side eyes because of the conversations that have happened over the years about black ownership of of art and how they've never been credited with giving them their fair due around dances and around culture and on all those parts of things that are in there. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, you know, fraught conversation because they're absolutely right. And then Fortnite made a change and, and have, have done a much better job of showcasing, you know, what those things will be moving forward and giving credit and, and actually paying artists to be able to do that kind of work. They've not really done this though, which I think is different and because it's not a celebrity concert. It's not something in which people are going to be coming to this excited and happy. That's not, you know, talking about Martin Luther King so many years post his death is not a thing that you celebrate around besides the fact that we have a holiday for it and we, we, we commiserate and we, 
and we gather to think about the wonderful work that he's done in the civil rights space. So this is an interactive experience. I jumped into it earlier today. I took it, I did it for, it's like, I spent about half an hour in there. I won't show the whole half an hour of time that I spent in it, but it was really interesting because you get a chance to hear Martin's voice while you're walking through this moment of this building of the the DC monuments and it's kind of interesting in the way that this come about because you know people are kind of gathering around these moments around Martin and it's the Martin I have a dream speech um, and there are various parts of the you know, the, the, the Washington mall that you can go to that they've stood up in these ways where you can get a better understanding of, you know, parts of the civil rights movement that happened, um, and, and, and how those kind of came about. And, you know, I, I, I was really interested in the way that it kind of came across. So I think, you know, uh, I saw videos about people going in and doing these emotes and kind of dancing in front of the thing and, and doing all that kind of, you know, performative actions that were in that space to be kind of jerks. But, uh, you know, my instance, which is the one that if you're watching the Twitch version of this is the one that I'm showing people were really chill about it. Like people sat and just hung out and 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 didn't do anything they just kind of just sat and, and and was was there in the moment um and it and it was weird because as a person who martin was fighting for gave his life for and the struggle that goes along with being a black black person in the world it is really weird to see a large company take the moment in time to do this work alongside a big publication like time. Again, this isn't a thing that happened during February. I was trying to like scratch my brain to be like, is, is this like the anniversary of his death? Is this the anniversary of, um, you know, some, some different moment that has happened. And I think there's, of course, there's a piece that is going up with time about the kind of larger conversation around the civil rights movement and, and, and Martin Luther King's um, part in it. Um, but from a, from a content perspective, it, it didn't hit the mark in a, in a couple of different ways. I think one, and I talked about some of these things on Twitter earlier this week or, or earlier today, I should say like one, you know, they gave you a set uh, amount of emotes, which I think was actually not the smart thing to do at all. Like you shouldn't have any emotes in here. I'm happy they didn't, of course, put guns in it because that would have been ridiculous and tall and awful and stupid. Uh, but they gave you emotes that you kind of could use. One was like holding up a placard uh, that was like, you know, uni unified hands. Uh, one is of you sitting in, in this kind of just like, you know, pensive, pensive space. Um, someone in the chat says Saturday's the anniversary of the I have a dream speech. Okay. So that makes some sense. Um, some other ones were like heart emojis and, you know, throwing up heart hands and stuff like that to kind of show that you're, you're supporting it. None of the emotes felt like they were actually like did anything justice in the space. Like the, it, it didn't like none of them fit in a way that felt respectful for, for the conversation. Even the one that was the most 
chill, which was the sitting emote, the, 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 the emote itself, you're kind of looking at your watch often. You're kind of looking at your hand at your wrist. Like, all right, Martin Luther King, hurry the hell up with your conversation. I have a dream speech. Like it's again, it's like weird layers of like how this works. And I've seen companies, you know, uh, partner with, you know, uh, 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 orgs and, and other folks who are trying to do social justice things. It was really weird to just see how they kind of landed in this particular place in a way that didn't necessarily give it the gravity that it should have had when to be fair, they did all the other window dressing, which is they put on this really somber music and they, and you just kind of, there's no other sounds in the world really, besides some things that give off a little bit of sound. So it's fairly quiet within the whole, within the whole space. One of the things that also was really weird was, and I'll, I'll see if I can find it within, within the, the, the footage that I'm showing is that when you're walking around the spaces themselves, um, they have these moments where you can kind of jump into uh, these sections of the world where, you know, famous moments have happened for, for civil rights leaders or, you know, the, the, the Alabama bus uh, moment that happened or the, the sit-ins when, when you had, uh, you know, black folks going into uh, restaurants and sitting in and, and having, you know, everything dumped on their heads. They had all these moments that were super traumatizing to black folks in the moment. And at the time, um, and they never really delved into the actual traumatic parts of that stuff. They never showed like, you know, you know, they talked about the, you know, uh, young girls who went into the, into the, the high school in, uh, went to elementary school when they had segregation lifted and they never talked about or showed how those kids got spat upon or got cursed out or people were screaming at them in their faces as little kids. They didn't really flesh out the spaces in a way that actually showed the trauma and the violence that went towards those black people in those spaces. It's very, very bare. Um, and it just has these like, you know, these, these, these message boards about what was supposed to happen in those spaces. So it feels really toothless to be able to show one, one of these things that is extremely important to the, the civil rights movement, but not actually go through the process of showing anything that actually happened. It makes it feel really sterile. It makes it feel really bland. It makes it feel very, again, toothless is the word that I use because it doesn't really, if you're trying to make these spaces for young kids, or you're trying to make these spaces for uh, conversation starters where you as a parent can take your child into this and give them a thing to be able to think about because again Fortnite is not a platform for you know adults over the age of 30 not really that's not where a lot of the the meta space and the metaverse conversations are happening within Roblox at Roblox in a game like this so the job of the parent is to kind of then see the thing and then go and explain the thing. And if you don't do the like actual conversation, we've already seen what happens when you leave the conversation up to folks and parents who don't actually care. And to be fair, the, the, the history systems and the educational systems that we already have in the space don't do that work. Well, anyway, we've already seen the whitewashing of Martin Luther King's legacy in, in so many different ways. And to a certain extent, this doesn't necessarily um, double down on that whitewashing. It just doesn't go far enough. 
which I think is the part that is most important when it comes to, to, to stuff like this. If you're going to go do this, you got to do it and you got to go hard. And I think that's the thing that was missing from this particular event, from this particular activation. And I think it just, uh, I just wonder what the pitch was to folks who were, who were doing this work. We already seen some conversations in the VR space where people have been doing some of this work as well. I remember there was a, a, a an organization or a company that was run by Van Jones, former uh, former Politico or still Politico, um, where he wanted to kind of do the, the the black experience stories or the things that we as black people kind of go through in VR spaces to be able to kind of physically be in the body of a black person when they're being, you know, accosted by the cops or, you know, you know, you get pulled over by a cop or some of those conversations. So, so some of that kind of stuff. So I think, Again, it's like you need you need like Greg in the chat is saying you need the right lens and contextualization. Yeah, you need to be able to fully flesh out what was the vibe of the room, what was the vibe of the country, what was the vibe of those moments in a way to really fully have impact and about where that conversation is going to go in a in a bigger and broader way. I think I think they I think they missed it, missed the the boat on that in that way. I think they could have done it um, in a, in a better way. And they just didn't really nail it, um, in, in, in ways that I had hoped. So I want to give them props for trying. I think, I think it's an interesting space. I would love to, I was talking about this on Twitter again. Like I would love to figure out and find people who worked on this from the Fortnite team and the time team to come on the show and talk about this, because I think it's, I think it's actually a cool idea. I don't still think that they were, I don't still think they, they kind of nailed the, the full scope of what this is. And I wonder again, like, you know, I, I saw some folks who who I know who who, who work at Epic sharing that they that this was a, a very deep collaborative effort with the the the, the MLK estate and, and that they all collaborate collaborated on this thing. I just wonder when you do that stuff if they understand if they're not gamers the full breadth and depth of what that looks like from a you know, nuts and bolts and experience perspective. I think a lot of people don't really understand when they're like, let's do this cool thing. Fortnite is the biggest game in the world. My kids know Fortnite. Let's do a cool thing in Fortnite. Um, I just don't know if they understand the, the, the way that those layers work in that way. Um, a couple of other stories, or at least a couple of things that I want to share, which I think are, are important. Uh, before we take a quick break and then come back and do our uh, Psychonauts review and talk about Deathloop is we had Wreck-It Raven on the show. Let me switch over. We had Wreck-It Raven on the show uh, a couple of episodes ago uh, to talk about hashtag Twitch do better. Uh, again, she, I mean, they are, uh, I'm sorry. They are uh, pushing super hard to continue to move this thing forward um, in a, in a pretty fantastic and, and, and great way, massive shout out to them for continuing to broaden out the conversation, continuing to, uh, uh, you know, use their powers for good, continuing to, to be in multiple spots and talk about this, these, these issues about these hate raids in a really good and, 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 and bigger way. Um, one of the conversations that we saw happen during this week and one that, you know, if you have been paying attention to the Twitch space for a while now, you know that these hate raids are not new. You know that the conversations around how marginalized streamers and underrepresented minorities on Twitch has been growing and how the kind of hatred towards those groups and especially our LGBTQIA fam um, have been getting the worst of, of, of a lot of this. 
um, has grown over the past couple of years. We've seen that that has not gone down in the ways that the you know from the from the visuals they don't look like they're going down who knows what the actual twitch numbers are from the back end i don't know right i I, i'm not privy to those numbers i I don't know what the actual reporting looks like from a data statistics standpoint and i would love for them to share that it would be dope if they did because i think that the there's an there's a space between the ideas of what's happening because a lot of times when it happens to you you're like well what the hell is this and then if you're on social media, you're like, these are all the people who are getting this too. Um, it, 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 it puts the, 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 the feeling in your mind of like, this is a rampant thing. And I, I would say it is. I think, again, I think it's been happening enough, not only in this latest iteration, but in the iterations that we've seen over the past couple of years because the, the, the bots and the, and the people behind them are continuing to do all of that work. Um, that you know it 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 brings up the conversation of like so what's the next step for for all of this so twitch do better has been fantastic we'll be participating so so the next layer of this actually is that on september 1st uh there has been a call to action for everyone who cares to be able to 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 not stream on that day so if you are down for the cause and you're like twitch you want them to do better and you want these hate rates to go away and you want people to 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 be you know active and to 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 understand that they have a, a particular role that they can play with inaction on a on a on a on a place um the folks on twitch do better have asked the twitch community and especially bipoc brown folks um uh and and underrepresented folks to stay off twitch for a day don't stream don't watch right i'm going to participate in that our usual show nights are wednesdays i want to throw up my fist in solidarity with them uh to say that we're not going to be streaming on on september uh, september 1st as well um so don't expect a stream on that wednesday we'll be back on that thursday to, to rock um and, and and have another show i have talked about my my particular issues with the, the 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 way that the conversation has moved not from a conversation standpoint but from a from a like how do you galvanize people perspective i think that there are ways to do it that that are that are helpful i think there are ways to do it that are not a help not as helpful um and i do think that the the energy around it is good. I think anything is better than nothing when it comes to these conversations. I think that the level of um, the temperature of the room has ramped up a bunch that I'm sure that folks at Twitch are, are paying attention in a real way. And I also think on the other end of that conversation that Twitch folks are doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that the space is better. I don't know if it's mo- it's not moving as fast as we want it to move. But also, I understand how big companies work. I understand how some development stuff works. I understand that we're also in a pandemic where no team is working in the fastest ways possible. Like those are all factors that I think are are relevant to to the conversation. But at the end of the day, you as a streamer of color, you as a person from an underrepresented group, you as a person in general deserve to be able to stream on this here platform in a way that feels safe. That's the end of the conversation. That's the the be all and end all of the conversation. You should feel safe whenever you hit the go live button in a way that is not in the way that we've been able to do in the past couple of months. Full stop. That's the answer. You should feel safe. Of course, you'll never, again, the internet will always win in terms of being a dick. That's never not gonna happen. Um, but the ways that you should be able to mitigate that should be should be pretty clear. You should be able to do a lot of that work in the platform that you're on 
should be helping to do everything you possibly can to make sure that you feel safe whenever you hit that go live button. So I, I applaud the folks behind the scenes for doing that work. One of the conversations that we've seen, not only when we did a lesson in blackness, a couple, uh, a couple is how many years ago, is it a year and some change ago, probably a little bit over, over that at this point, um, you know, probably two years now, a lesson in blackness was, especially around the energy around George Floyd was that the conversation has always been within our systems and within our groups. It's one that does not really reach to the outside sections of Twitter or, or I'm sorry, of Twitch, where you'll see lots of other streamers who have much bigger platforms for multiple reasons. Um, just don't get their due, right? They, 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 we don't get our due while they continue to strive and, and, and do a lot of things in that respect. When these bigger issues wind up happening and, and coming across our radar and affecting our groups very specifically, those folks are really quiet. And we've seen that happen often, more often than not. Um, there was some good outreach with a couple of folks that I remember last year or the year before when all that conversation happened. And I think, you know, I'll shout out to them for for being, you know, for using their platform for good and, and constantly kind of doing that work. Um, but I think that there is always the want and the here, I'm sorry, the want and the, uh, hope that we'll wind up getting, um, more people into the fight. We want more people to kind of use their voices for good. Um, Asaman gold, who is a, one of the biggest streamers on the, the platform the other day got on, got online, um, and and said some really wild shit. <laughs> he said some wild stuff uh the other day about Twitch do better. Um and and it was really I, I can't say disappointing because I've I hadn't heard of him until like two weeks ago. Um which was which was a whole other conversation in and of itself, right? Where he basically got on stream and talked about, I'm trying to find the tweet directly uh, about what he said. Um, but basically said like, no one's going to care because you don't have the numbers to, to, to actually move the needle. You don't have enough big streamers in the fold to be able to do it. And the way that Twitch works is nobody's going to give a shit is because you're not big enough and nobody cares enough to actually do anything about it from the big streamer perspective. He said, you know, I would, I would jump into the pool and support it out loud and publicly, but I don't want to do that on my own because I need other big streamers to do it with me. So I want to play a couple of really quick <laughs> thoughts that he had from his stream the day after he shared his tweet. Uh, because I think, I think it's wild his, his thought process for this, which I think is the most cowardly silly ass thing I've heard people say in a while about anything that has to do with stuff like this. So I want, I want to share a couple of quick uh, snippets from that stream. The ones that I found the most interesting and, and kind of silly. Uh, and and we'll, we'll come back and talk about it. Listen, if you want to make an impact, if you want to do something, you have to have a plan of action. You have to have something that you want them to do. And the truth is that you don't have any people that really like that really have any sort of influence. And that's the truth. I said I would do it if other people did it, but I don't want to be the only guy out there doing it 
because I'll explain why. I, I will explain why. This is the, it will have the same effect as Ninja moving over to Mixer. No one cared. It didn't matter. It didn't change anything because one person doesn't do anything. It has to be everybody together. So here's the interesting part. Here's one of the interesting parts. First of all, he just equated Ninja moving over from Twitch to Mixer as being similar to the hate raids that so many black and brown and, and, and LGBTQIA folks have been getting over the past God knows how many years. And mind you, the thing that is like the crux of this dude's streams is like, I'm, I, I'm smart and I know things and I say things in a, in a, in an authoritative and very, very like matter of fact way, because if you say anything in a matter of fact way and you blink your eyebrows a whole bunch that people will believe you and think that you're smart and, and rock with you. That is one of the dumbest fucking things I've heard in a long time. That's that's stupid. And the reason, and again, the reason I'm I'm putting this out because I know a lot of people will be like, well, Ka, don't give dumbasses uh, a spotlight. I, I the reason I'm doing this is because it reinforces the conversation about how one if the if the moment doesn't fit your platform in terms of giving you visibility then most people who are in positions and we've seen this across a lot of the big creative spaces with on with on Twitch is that unless their agent is like hey you should jump on this and be a part of it hey this actually could affect your bottom line because it's affecting the platform's bottom line or three, it's an issue that you actually care about because it is directly talking to you and your platform and your audience. Those are the only three things that'll get somebody like that to move. And we see that across a lot of different big name folks who are in that space. It's the reason why so many folks have that whole pop-up when they drop into their stream about no religion, no politics, no sex. Don't, don't talk about anything that's taboo because one, I have to get out of my lane. Two, I might say some dumb shit. And then three, it's bad for my bucket. It's bad for my wallet. Bad for my dough. So it tells you again of like just how chicken shit people can be when talking about these kinds of things, but can spout something to the effect of saying, this is a dumb movement and this is stupid because no one's going to watch it. And because you don't have the numbers, because you don't have big streamers like me being a part of it in the first place. I want to play the, the, the last one because the, the last one was a thing that I was just like, I don't like, I don't know how you how you raise this kind of level of dumb. I, I'm going to go ahead and hit these people with a little bit of reality. OK, this got nothing to fucking do with the hate raids specifically about like any race. You're stupid if you think that. How many times has my stream had to go into sub mode because people are putting fucking bots in my chat? How many times? How many times? Many, many times. Many, many times. 
and one, there are too many, right? Uh, it used to happen to me every single day. These people are taking an issue, and I think it is a problem. This affects me too. Uh, like just as as a as a cis white man, this affects me because just because they're not telling me that I'm bad for being a minority doesn't mean that they're not using their bot to promote their Twitter. This is a problem for everybody. Of course it's bad. So... 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 If you're playing the game at home... Dude says... Of course this is just as bad of people spreading this, spamming their... Their, their Twitter handles for self-promotion in their chat is just as bad as someone rolling up into my chat right now and being like, Kali, you as a nigga. That's the same thing? When did this happen? I don't believe it. When did this become a thing where that is also one of the dumbest things that I've heard a streamer of note Again, one of the biggest viewed streamers on the platform today, last month, was one of the largest ones on the freaking platform. Jumping out to raise his hand and be like, yo, I'm the most useless for saying I won't put my own neck on the line, which is not a big ask of you to do is to say, hey, can we not have all the Twitch bots spamming people and calling them calling them racial epithets as, as a cishet white dude with a crazy amount of people who come watch your stream every day. Then having this be the thing of like, well, Ninja bouncing over to, to Mixer is the same thing as having all that be in the chat. And then also because I get people doing self-promotion in my chat, it is the same equivalence to the multitudes of racial epithets, the multitudes of doxing, the multitudes of dangerous stuff that happens to people on the platform. I am amazed at how these folks continue to grow their platforms. The interesting part about this, and this is the thing that I, this is one of the reasons why, you know, when people ask me a lot about like, what, what, what should we do? What should the community do around this issue? And I've been like, look, I'm happy that the boycott is happening. I'm, I'm a person who has been saying to boycott Twitch for a long time. I've been saying, if you're going to do it, we all have to in mass have to figure out a day to leave and then leave. Of course, I know people are like, I got money tied in it. I got projects tied in it. I got all the other stuff in there. But like, if this is the kind of person who is one of the most watched people on the platform, folks like XQC are one of the most watched people on the platform to two folks. Like you can say that thing that he just said, and that's a toxic thing to say which also ingratiates more toxic people to the platform and gives them a space to feel like they have a home on a platform that we have, that we share 
and are constantly thinking about how we want to grow our own communities and grow the work that we do in a place that feels safe. When a person like that still gets to rock and I'm not saying take him off because he has, he has his right to say stupid shit. It's real dumb. Again, like, I don't know how you can say that in a real way out your actual mouth and feel like you dropped a, a, a microphone moment. Like you had a mic drop moment. Like it's like if you dropped the mic in a pile of shit and it was like, yo, I dropped the mic and it was in a pile of shit. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense that that is the moment that you felt like you said something that was really profound and great and amazing. Cause it wasn't, it was real stupid. It was extremely dumb. And I feel like if that is the layer of your intellectual capacity to, 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 to feel like that's what you wind up getting, then we in a sad state of affairs. Y'all this is a sad state out here in these Twitch streets. I'm just saying that was wild that that was the thing the day after saying another stupid thing. So again, I think that the platform itself celebrates and give space often to people who are not that smart. <laughs> and the and, and again, that's not just the platform though. That is the audience. That's the thing I want you to all get through your minds today. That's the thing that there's one thing you leave this plot, this podcast with today is that it's not just the streamers. The streamers are a reflection, a direct reflection of the community and of the internet. This platform has been here for a decade. And if you think about all the folks who over the years were the folks that were the biggest folks with on this platform, they've never really been good people. There are some, there are some that I love. I love watching him. I love watching Lupo. I think he's fantastic. Um, I love watching T-Rex. He's not as big as, as one of those folks, but he's, but he's, but he's great. I love his work. We have folks like Chris Perillo in the, in the chat right now, who does fantastic work here. He used to do a lot of that work on YouTube. Like we have great people in this space who are doing fantastic work on this, on this platform, but the folks who got the biggest numbers, the folks that are the biggest on this platform are angry meatheads people who couldn't think their way out of a plastic bag when it comes to conversations around anything besides gaming, people who are amazingly toxic and people who dress up like eighties, like eighties action figures talking about how they want to sue the platform. Cause they got kicked off for filming people in an E3 bathroom. So tell me again, why you should put all of your energy effort and, and time and energy into a platform that when we talk about visibility and we talk about curation and we talk about uplifting people who are doing good work, I am lucky. I do good work and the platform is, has, has given me a lot of benefit. I will not ever front on that. I am honest about that part of it. Spawn on me gets bigger because we're on Twitch. But at a certain point, if Twitch becomes too much of a problem, and this becomes a place where I feel like I can't do what I do best because I'm worried about my safety. I got to leave. And I have had those conversations in the past months. The only difference is the only differences are if Bricago will come with me to wherever that new place may be. And I don't know if that's the case. 
look, look. It is hard to keep you keep keep people's attention. I have thought often about what it would mean if we went to YouTube to just do the. It would actually be easier for me to do my job every week if we just did our streams on YouTube. It's easier. I don't have to pull stuff down. I don't have to try to figure out how to stream it on here and grow it here. But I like the the things that I am offered with a partnership. That's honest. And I'm also I like I like the people that I get a chance to collab with at, at, at Twitch. There's some great people behind the scenes who I get to work with to bring great content to you and really interesting ideas. And, you know, when they give me love and they put me on the front page or they put me on a billboard, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I appreciate that in so many different ways, but there is no platform on this planet that is worth my safety. None. And that would be my advice to anybody who's out there right now. There is no platform out here. There is no content creation that is worth your safety. None. There's none. Especially if you understand that the platform is not going to push you in the way that it pushes everybody else. And that's because of money. That's because of visibility. That's because I don't think there's any platform that really understands how to deal with black content in a real comprehensive way. So think about that when everybody's like, well, we don't know where else to go. You don't have to do this part. That's not me telling you to quit. That's telling you, that's telling me that I care more about you than, than, than everybody else does in that way. I care more about you being a, a, a okay human being than I care about ever seeing your content. Cause all of this is going to go away. All of it's going to go away at some point, Twitch will not be a thing. And are you going to waste your good years trying to figure out ways to pigeonhole yourself onto a platform that might not give a shit about you. There are people who care behind the scenes. Don't ever, I will never, if anybody misquotes that, I will kick you in the buttocks. There are people who care about you behind the scenes. There are people who are busting their asses to make sure that black and brown people, uh, 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 you know, uh, content creators at Twitch are, are okay. I've had conversations with them. I know a lot of them personally. I know that that conversation happens all the time, but again, ask yourself, is all of this worth it? Cause if you really think about it, the numbers of people who make it in a really successful way on Twitch is very small. The amount of people who make it in content creation and make a successful life out of it is very small. I've told people all the time when they ask me, what's the best route for content creation? I was like, use content creation to get you a job job. It's not easy. It's difficult, but it's doable. You getting big on Twitch and being the, being the, the face of Twitch, not doable. Not, it's not, it's, it's not a thing that you should strive for because the numbers work against you in every way possible. Whiteness works against you in every way possible. The fact that you can't put on your camera without being called a nigger, that's a problem. That doesn't go away with no matter how many tools Twitch puts in front of bots and bad actors and all that kind of stuff. So I want people to think about that part because I think that part is what actually matters in this conversation. Yes. Twitch do better is going to be fantastic. And it's going to be good. I think it's going to do what it needs to do for the amount of effort and energy it's going to have around it. But at the end of the day, think about what this means for you. 
Think about what this means for your family. Think about what this means for your well-being, for your mental state. Think about all of those things, because at the end of the day, that's what actually matters. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back to that after this. We're going to talk a little bit about Psychonauts 2 and Deathloop. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Bricago. Merrick Kay here from Fanbyte. Did you know that Spot on Me is a part of the Fanbyte Podcast Network? We produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> and take your questions about the best jokers. Labars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Gusion Rebake has a really oh, good... Wait, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Gusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Gusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokeification. Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast. I am your host, Khalif Adams. We have lots of good things to talk about. This week in our What We've Been Playing segment, if you missed our first half of our show, please make sure you go check that out. It is on fanbyte.com and all podcast platforms around the globe. You can go check us out everywhere you listen to shows, but only spawn on me because it's the best show on the planet. God damn it. Anyway, um, I got a chance to finish Psychonauts 2. I know it dropped for all of you a little while ago. Um, I got a chance to play through it uh, in the past week. And I, I have to say, you know, we've had Tim Schaefer on the show. We had Lizette, uh, uh, Montgomery on the show. Um, and you know, it is, it is rare for me to gush about a game about, you know, to, to really go and feel like they nailed everything that you could have ever asked for in a game. Psychonauts two is right now my game of the year. I, 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 I swear that they hit so many different layers of how to make a game fun, beautiful, thoughtful, smart, mechanically tight, um, you know, a uh, 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 conscious in the way that they kind of nailed the conversations around mental health and how they um, anthropomorphize some of those parts of the world in those ways that capture what those either issues or feelings around mental uh, uh, mental health was. Uh, it is it is a masterpiece of a game. So really quickly, I have not I never played Psychonauts one. So this is my first Psychonauts game. Um, I just never got into it. It was never a thing that I got a chance to play. Um, and even if it was on, even, even though it was on game pass, I just never really dug into it in that way. Um, Psychonauts two going into it, you know, I'd known, of course, of course the pedigree of double fine is, is, is well known, 
the 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 game itself i had a, a an idea of what the kind of foundational parts of, of what that conversation were but you know games like that don't age well i i am very much a graphics a, a, a graphics whore in that way like i i like to be able to see things in its most beautiful way um and looking back at the the previous game it was not a thing that i was like uh I was not really excited to be able to like dig into that in a real way. Like it, it looks cool, but it didn't look like a thing that um, I cared about. So I need to go back and play one. Um, everybody in the chat is telling me, damn it, you need to go play one. So I'm going to go play one. Um, but what I did know of two was that, you know, they were thinking about how to gr got to grab this game and kind of put it into its new space as a as a sequel to a, a beloved franchise that was you know well received in the way that it came out before and beloved from from a really great developer um i was just blown away by every aspect of this game from the music from the from the art style again shout out to lizette Triste, uh Triste, uh montgomery Teachery Montgomery, sorry, Lizette Teachery Montgomery, who is the art director on this game. Talk about like, like Bravo moments. Like there, there, there are so many games that we get a chance to play throughout our lifetime that don't stick with you from every part of the equation. And I feel like what double fine was able to do with this game has changed the ideas around what games like this can be. I think everyone talks about the conversation around the most realistic graphics, but this is a, this is a huge signal that again, art direction is so important. Art direction is a thing that can drive your product in a way and drive your game into a whole new stratosphere of what games can be. And I think, you know, the continuation of Raz being this 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 kind of go-getter character who, who's you know always sticking his nose into 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 people's business and, and literally going into people's minds uh, is great. It's but it's like all those small moments of these of these games, like even right now, you see this kind of like uh, forever hallway moment that just expands and grows, like the balance of technology that we have with powerful systems like an Xbox series X or, or, you know, a PlayStation, um, combined with fantastic art direction and really interesting mechanics. Like, wow, this game was so good. Like it was one of those things where I, I was like, I really don't want this thing to end. I want to keep continue to keep going and figure out new ways to play. And I think what it does is it adds all these extra layers of really just like fun and whimsy and beauty. And, and it just, I don't know. It felt like I was in a Tim Burton movie for most of the game. And it was like the best ride ever. Uh, it just felt so good to be able to, to kind of like run through this world and, and dig around and, and find a way that they, you know, uh, uh, bring to you ideas around mental health and, and, and how they kind of showcase those as enemies in the world that you fight through and get and, and kind of work through. I love this one mechanic that they had in the game. They were basically, you're kind of jumping through 
I, people's ideas and jumping through those ideas, you're kind of thinking through the thought process of a conversation. So brilliant. It's like, again, like things that you think about on a daily basis, they have gamified in a way that just makes so much sense. And it's so cool to see that the way that they've all kind of pulled those things together to make this really gorgeous, comprehensive, smart, funny, poignant game that I don't think we're going to see stuff like this that often. Like, I think gems like this are so rare with the amount of games we see in the world at this point that you really have to cherish stuff like this. Like I sat after the, the moment of running, rolling credits on this and, and, and just was like, damn, this was good. Like every small piece was so intricately made and thoughtful and, 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 and I just, I just really love what I got a chance to play, um, from a gameplay perspective. I just think that it was just so well done. The characters in the game were great. I loved everyone in it. I think the way that they did their boss battles was really fun. I haven't seen level design like this since which game, which, which one was this DMC? This is DMC four. Since since Devil May Cry 4, I, I always thought Devil May Cry 4 had some of the most interesting and smart and, and kind of just wacky level design. Like I remember running through that one whole whole boss battle that was basically like you were in inside of a, a Fox News uh, uh, recording, like the way they did everything in that game was so was so wild. This is like that, but on crack. Like they hit psychedelics, they hit um, this kind of interesting painterly style. They hit, uh, you know, all these different layers of various kinds of art styles that you would get in a game. It's kind of spoiled me because I've played a lot of dreams to see so many people use so many different ways to make games that interestingly enough, the first analog I had when it came to some of the level design was like, oh, wow. This is something that I would see in dreams, which I thought was really cool too to kind of come away with to see just how far that that game engine and experience has has, has come, which I think is also super, super cool. Uh, again, th like my only gripe about the game was, um, I think the, I think the platforming was a little bit off. Um, you couldn't really tell when you were jumping and floating. So you have a, the power of telekinesis. And telekinesis basically gives you two options. It'll let you roll into a ball or it'll let you float from this telekinetic balloon that will get, basically keep you from falling really quickly. You use a lot of that when you're playing the game because it's a way to kind of keep yourself safe if you're not landing on a platform. So it'll, it, you know, you have that moment where you float and, and, and you kind of land on things. There, there are a lot of platforms and also, you know, uh, trapeze, trapezes, trapezes is uh multiple multiple forms of a trapeze that you can jump on um where sometimes you just miss you like you're not judging space correctly it's like you know you just don't have the ability to kind of like see exactly where you need to land um and that float doesn't really feel like you have enough uh space to kind of see yourself in the world and the camera spin to be able to figure out where you need to land for that kind of stuff 
So it winds up giving you, like, I had a lot of deaths in this game that were stuff that I probably shouldn't have died from. But it was like missed jumps. And if you land in water, then you're pretty much dead. Um, so that was that was a, 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 a kind of annoying spot of some of that stuff. Also, one other part of it was that you had a lot of power ups that you can get through pins. Um, and a lot of that stuff just didn't necessarily it didn't feel necessary to, to complete the game. And I wish that there was more of an emphasis on using some of those things to kind of get through the game in a, in a better and faster way. I think some of the ones that you wind up finding are very, very necessary, but a lot of the other ones you wind up not use, really using a lot of that kind of currency to, to do the, the, the work that you would. Of course, there's other parts of the game that you can go back into once you finish it and, and kind of go back and, and re, relive and re, re, re-examine some of those spaces. But it's very rare to kind of do that unless you're really, if you're a completionist, then absolutely, because there's a lot of things that you'll kind of go back for uh, to try to get. But I think overall... Like Psychonauts 2 is a masterpiece. Like if we if we did number scores, this thing is like 11 out of 10, 12 out of 10. Um, in the way that they they came across uh, with combat and with interesting story and with you know mechanics and graphics and music and and voiceover work, like this is this is by far like you know what what game like death's door was very high on my list in terms of game of the year contendership this has shot death's door out the door like this is this is right now my game of the year in a huge way um and i think the thing that i found the most interesting was that it got be- like most games don't get better the further down the, the 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 pipe you get, the kind of more you get towards the end, this game it was every level got better. It got m- way cooler, more interesting, more more fun to look at and to and to be in. So if you're if you're on the fence about Psychonauts two, you should not be on the fence. You should go cop this as soon as you possibly can. It's on Game Pass. Get it on Game Pass. Um, again, massive shout out to Lisette. Master shout out to Tim. Um, there's also like one character that I don't know if, if, if it's in this, in the video that I have, um, maybe I'm going to see if I can find it. If it, cause if I can, it would be cool. Um, ah, oh, dang it. It's not there, but there's a character within the game, uh, who is a part of the psychonauts team. This is not a spoiler cause it happens fairly early in the game. And her name is Hollis, and she is the person who kind of helps to run the Psychonauts team. Um, I'll probably see if I can find it. Um, and one of the things that I remember very specifically was um, was after having the conversation with having a conversation with um, Lisette was, you know, what's the influence that, you know, like, is there, is there like a, a really big influence being a black woman who, who is making this, uh, who's making this kind of game? And I think some of the conversations are kind of just like, they're, they're, they're layered in there, right? Everybody kind of understands that you bring your own experiences to a game like this and you, and you, and you bring your own influences in and you kind of pull those things together and you see that stuff. I saw a picture of Hollis as soon as I got into the game and I was like, 
this would this character model wouldn't have been in this game if a black woman wasn't leading the charge. Um, and I'll show it really quickly on stream. I don't think you get a character who looks like this on stream. I mean, on in a game, if you don't have a black woman at the helm, like the way her hair is laid to the side, her full lips, her her full eyes, full nose, like skin skin tone, skin color, all that kind of stuff. I just don't think you get that if you don't have a black woman at the helm. And I think that's the reason why it is so important to be able to have us in spaces where we can be the decision makers on games, be the decision makers at game studios, at game companies, at places like that, because you just get a bigger, wider swath and doper swath of content and visuals and ideas and all that kind of stuff. When we're in the mix, I love the character of Hollis. I think Hollis looks dope. Like if Double Fine and some other company figure out a way to make, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, dolls or figurines of this kind of stuff, I want a Hollis one. It just reminds me of so many black women I know in so many different factions of my life. And it's so cool to see that uh, and see that be a thing. Uh, like, ah, I don't want a Funko Pop because Funko Pops, they just like, they really just like deform everything down. I want it to actually be like an actual figurine or, or a thing like that looks like exactly like how the model looks. Because I think Funko Pops are, are cool, but they also like smush everybody down into into nothing, which I don't necessarily like. Um, Our last story for what we've been playing and what I've been checking out this week, if you have not seen our uh, Deathloop uh, my Deathloop uh, preview that went up earlier today on Thursday, of course, this was out, will go out on Friday tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Uh, please go check that out. I spent a, a good amount of time playing through it. Uh, I'm still playing through it for review. Uh, so we'll have a review very shortly after embargo is, is, is lifted. Uh, but the game doesn't come out until a couple of weeks from now anyway. So I'll have enough time to actually run through it. Um, if you saw our previous video about Deathloop, about me kind of being really excited about the protagonist uh, with Cole and, and and with the conversations there around Juliana and all those kinds of kind of layers, and me being really excited about um, you know having two two black uh, of uh, uh, people be the first and kind of like biggest layer of of this game, the kind of most visible uh, parts of this lane, that has not changed in any form or fashion. This game is gorgeous. Uh, shout out to TD for, for putting it, the, the link in the chat. This game is one of the most beautiful games I've seen. Again, this being a PS5 exclusive, which they needed one because a lot of stuff got moved uh, for them for, for 2021. Um, this is going to be a really cool experience for people who want to dig into it. Now, I kind of have to keep the, the conversation very, very vague because um, Sony... And Bethesda have asked us to not really dig into a lot of specifics uh, because they want you all to explore the game on your at your own leisure and, and actually go through it when, when the game comes out. What I will say is, one, this is one of the most beautiful games I've seen in a long time. I think it is really pulling in from that um, Dishonored vibe in a good way. Dishonored had a very drab color palette. Uh, because you're in this place that was very desolate and not desolate, but it was kind of, you know, beat down and, and kind of gross and old. They are not doing that with this game. They're going full color uh, on this, which I think is great. Um, 
a thing I did not expect was that the game was going to be as funny as it is. I think the protagonist of Cole, you know, one of the conversations we had earlier was like, does, does the VO feel too like, like, I don't know, like hamming it up a little bit too much kind of deal. Like, does it feel like it's doing that? Or does it feel like it's um, a little bit stereotypical? I think it's still going to be a thing where you're either going to love the VO from Cole or you're going to hate it. Um, but I think it fits the character and I think it fits the world and I think it fits all those things. So I was worried about that before that I'm no longer worried about. Um, the other part of the game that I think is freaking brilliant from a replayability factor is that there are just parts of the game that you have to go back to at a different time of day to get a different vibe, not only of the world, but of the way that characters kind of be uh, characters kind of be. Uh, the characters uh, will show up in the world. I think that is actually really cool because it, it gives you the ability to kind of go back through a level um, and really dig into your routes and which ways you want to go and which gadgets you want to use and which kind of things in that respect are are the most important for you. Um, terms of gameplay itself, it feels good. It feels super tight. Guns feel really fantastic. Um, I have, I was shooting this one gun kind of called a four pounder, which feels like it feels like, and it kind of looks like RoboCop's gun, but without the kind of like super charged, uh, uh, recoil on it, that thing bangs like the gun sounds in this game. The audio is extremely good. Um, it gets really, really tense because when you wind up getting into a fight, it ramps up this one very particular music, which I think. Honestly, if there is a drawback, there's a couple of drawbacks that I found. Um, one is the music that, that, that happens when you get into a fight. You kind of know when you're in and out of danger because that music will ramp up and then will ramp down as soon as you're clear. Or you've either killed all the enemies or they've moved out of your kind of vicinity so that they can't see you anymore. That gets a little stale kind of quick. Um, and to be fair and to be honest, you know, the biggest part of games like this that is the thing that happens across many of them is that the, the character, or at least right now, maybe there is some tuning that can happen within the back, the, the backspace. Um, or, you know, maybe there's a, 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 what do you call it? Um, a patch that they can put into the game or something like that. that they can fix some of this stuff, but like enemy AI, isn't really that smart. Like I was shooting people and they were standing next to somebody else and they were like, what, what happened? I don't know what happened. Did somebody get shot? that kind of stuff. So that right now is maybe the, the, a little bit of a drawback. I do think that the, the way you maneuver around a map is actually pretty smartly done. And to be fair, one of the gameplay mechanics is around you kind of gathering Intel. So sometimes, you know, a lot of times you kind of want to go through a, a map like this. You want to shoot everybody because they're, they're, they're a present threat. They're a dangerous threat to you. There are actually lots of benefits to not killing people in this game of sneaking up around people and listening to their conversations so that you can get really good details about the people that you have to go murder later on. So that actually is a pretty cool uh, part of the gameplay loop. Uh, that you see within this game. Um, I think it's actually really interesting in the way that you wind up doing it. Um, 
and and at the time of me you know finishing up my my impressions on my preview because we were only able to show one specific map currently um right around that time is when you get kind of really cool powers and stuff so then you start to kind of build out the conversation about like what are the actual like other powers that you get within the world um so a lot because a lot a lot of people you know talk about the talk about the uh video that we put up earlier today and they were like they were like your your gameplay was kind of boring and i was like yeah i was like i i was like i can understand that from a real perspective um because i play games like this extremely slow um i i try to be methodical and, and sneak around as much as i can and do that kind of stuff uh, so, so it makes it, it makes it so much more fun for me to kind of do work like that. Um, and also I love the world building. Like the game is constantly telling you things in that, uh, splinter cell, uh, style where, you know, words are kind of pushed up against the wall that are, you know, parts of your own recollection that you're doing when you're going back through a loop. So really quickly, if you, if you're not familiar with the gameplay, gameplay mechanic is you're constantly going through this one day's loop trying to kill these bosses. Um, and sometimes the bosses are, you know, in different places during, during different times of the day, all that kind of stuff. So you're constantly going through. And if you die, you lose everything. So you lose every gun that you've gotten, you lose every, uh, you know, every trinket you've gotten, all, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you go in and you lose all that stuff and then you go back the next day and you have to kind of run that route again so you can get back there there are mechanics in which you can use later on when you get certain powers where you can mitigate that um but it's cool because it winds up being this kind of like not as realistic tarkov escape from tarkov because you're going in you're trying to loot up get back out so you can retrieve and keep those weapons that you've gotten over the course of your, of your run, which was the thing that I really, really didn't talk about that kind of like ludification part of the game because there are, there's a set amount of weapons, but they do have different rarities and different perks and some of that stuff, depending upon which ones you get. And then, you know, there's cool ways that you're able to either kind of keep that stuff later on and, and, and do some of those missions. I think, I'm so excited to go back in and jump around in this world and play around with it and do some more stuff in there. I, you know, I, if I wasn't streaming tonight, I'd be go, I'd be playing right now. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely excited for what this game is going to be. I think it is succeeding expectations for what I thought initially. Um, even though I was very excited for it, it is, it is going to be a game that I go back to and I think it's going to have a lot of replayability in a way that, um, I was hoping for in a bigger way. So I am, over the moon for that. So please check out the impressions video. It's mostly gameplay. It's a lot of the stuff we're seeing currently right now. Um, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, if you're watching us on Twitch and if you're listening to us on the podcast version of it, the audio version, please go check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash me to go check out more stuff that we're doing uh, over there in the content creation space there. Um, I think that's it for this show. I think, you know, this is a longer show. We haven't done a long show like this in a while, but it was a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, is there anything that I missed? Um, Riders Republic. I played a little bit of that and I have to go play more of it. It's kind of eh, for me right now. It's kind of decent. 
I like it, but I also am not like super high on it in the way that I had hoped I would. Um, it feels cool to be able to have so many different things happening around you all at the same time. But I, I, I just don't know what the like thing is that you're supposed to do there. That's supposed to feel good. That makes you want to keep coming back. Like, I don't, it's not the same thing as like trials where you're like learning a puzzle. It's not the same thing of like, you know, a lot of different games where you're trying to kind of like get first place. Like, yeah, you're trying to get first place because you're racing. But like, what do you get after that? Like, what's the what's the what's the carrot on the end of the stick? I, don't, I really don't know, to be fair. So I need to go back and play more of that at some point. Um, what I will say is you should be definitely checking out. The Internet in the next couple of days, especially early next week. I'm going to be hosting a very, very cool uh, stream uh, for a game that I am very excited about. Uh, So I'm going to be hosting that stream. uh, So you'll hear more about that early next week. Uh, So please keep your your ears and and eyes locked to uh, me on Twitter at Khalif Adams on Twitter. Um, and again, thank you all for, for being here this week. I think we had a lot of different conversations. We didn't even get to the conversation about Dr. Disrespect uh, wanting to uh, sue Twitch now, uh, which, which is a whole other conversation. But again, I, I want to I leave you with some, some good words. I think, again, as I turn 43 this year, um, I'm infinitely excited and happy uh, at where Spawn Omi has grown. Um, I think it has a lot of room to continue to grow. I think we only get as big as the audience and all of you at home as Bricago residents will let us go. Uh, so continue to think about ways that we can do cool stuff. What happened to my mustache? My mustache looks like I just got stabbed in the mouth. Anyway, <laughs> continue to give us good ideas about where you want to see us move, who you want to see us do cool, stu- cool, cool stuff with. Studio two is being built as we speak. I just got the, the cameras and stuff in uh, for all that. So that's going to be happening soon. So you'll be seeing some YouTube content coming directly from there. Uh, and again, like uh, this is this is fun work. I get a chance to do and, and rock with you all and be extra black every week uh, uh, rocking with you all here in Bricago. So make sure you take care of yourself, making sure you get you're getting yourself vaccinated. If you haven't gotten vaccinated already, wash your hands, wash your butt. Take care of each other out right here. Again, we, we, we're really trying to make this happen in a, in a bigger way. Uh, for, the, for the folks who I haven't had a chance to say thank you to in the Twitch chat, we're going to do that right after the show. So stick around for a minute or two so I can give you all some love. But if you're listening to the audio version of this, please, please, please subscribe. Uh, share the show out with everybody that you can. We're still trying to grow in bigger and, and better ways, and that all works if you can share the show and give us some love out in the world. So much love to you all. We'll see you all very, very soon. Uh, Hang around for the after show uh, and we'll see you all next week. Much love and peace.